we're going to talk about this afternoon is developing an attitude of gratitude, being thankful for, for things in your life, circumstances in your life. So giving thanks is the act of expressing specific gratitude to God for the blessings God has given us, whether those things are physical, spiritual, or material. And as we grow as believers, we should see an attitude of giving thanks develop in our lives. A relationship with Jesus Christ should transform us into a joyful, positive, and grateful soul. The one sign that Jesus Christ is in your heart or in your life is gratitude. I've heard someone say before that God lives in two places. He lives in heaven and in a humble, grateful heart. So as believers, we should make a concentrated effort each and every day to appreciate all the blessings God has given to us. Our lives should be filled day to day with a spirit of gratitude. Psalms 92, verses 1 through 2 reads, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sign and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Day and night, the verses say, we are to to praise and thank God. The the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 2.7 that our lives are to to abound in thanksgiving. Colossians 4.2 says that we are to be devoted to giving thanks. Philippians 4.6 says, We are to do everything with prayer and thanksgiving. And in Psalms 116, we read that we are to make our lives a thanksgiving offering before the Lord. And the book of Hebrews says we are to serve the Lord with thanksgiving, and our lives are to be filled with a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude towards God for all He has done. But the sad truth of it is, a lot of the time, we aren't grateful people. We don't give thanks to the Lord in many of the things in our lives. When it comes to having a spirit of thanksgiving, we fall short, don't we? We forget to thank the Lord for for what He's done for us. Even in maybe some of your sorrowful moments, you forget to give the Lord thanks for what He's done for you. Because His plans are not our plans, and, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Sometimes we're, we're actually much better at grumbling and complaining than we are giving thanks. Despite all the things, we're anything but thankful. Despite all the blessings that He gives us, we a lot of times are anything but thankful. We're often like the nine lepers that we read about in Luke chapter, se- or, uh, chapter 17. There we read of ten lepers who stood at a distance and cried out to Jesus as He was traveling along the border of Samaria and Galilee. The diseased-ridden lepers cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus heard the lepers and said to them promptly, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And Luke chapter 17, verse 14 through 16 says, And it came to pass that as they went, they they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the, sin- where are the nine? 
there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. You can see that Jesus was disappointed here. He's disappointed that only one person cared enough to even turn around and tell him thanks, to show gratitude towards him. You know, so often, once a person gets what they came for, they never come back. Is that the kind of attitude that we have sometimes? We take God's goodness for granted. We receive great blessings, yet we don't give, our, we don't give God our gratitude. Psalms chapter 103, verse 2 reads, the bless, or bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. But a lot of the time, we forget the blessings of God and never return to say thanks. So why do you think that we're so inclined to forget God and live as ungrateful people? And there's a number of things. We could think of all sorts of stuff today if we sat and talked about it. We're just going to touch on a few of them. Um, number one, we are ungrateful because of prosperity, because of the things that we, we have, you know, money or, or houses or whatever it is or belongings it may be. You know, Charles Barkley, a former NBA basketball star, said his mom was upset with, upset with him because he voted for George Bush in a presidential election. She said, Charles, George Bush is rich people's president. Charles responded, Mom, we are the rich people. And we are the rich people. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, the Apostle Paul addresses those who are rich in this present world. Each of us, compared to the rest of the world, are rich beyond our wildest dreams. We travel by airplane. We drive nice cars. We live in air-conditioned homes. We have TVs. We have computers. We eat in nice restaurants, and we worship in comfortable buildings. On the holidays, we eat meals that people in most parts of the world couldn't even, can only dream of having. We each live a life of incredible ease and luxury, even though we may not think so. You would think that all these blessings would make us the most grateful people on earth, but often all this prosperity does is just make us more and more discontented and ungrateful because often the byproduct of having so much is a desire for more and it's very hard to be grateful when we can't learn to be happy with what we already have. Number two, we are ungrateful because of pride. We are prideful because we think we've earned all the things we've received. We say to ourselves, I worked hard to get that job. I raised my, children's, my children to be good people. I studied for those grades. I earned that award. A bumper sticker reads, I couldn't have done it without me. And in our pride, we don't even think to thank God. We give ourselves a pat on the back and forget that it's God who has blessed us. In Psalms chapter 10, verse 4 reads, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. And in our pride, we have forgotten that it is God who gives good gifts from above. Number three, we are ungrateful people because of who we hang out or who we hang around. Who we hang around with, sorry. 
Some of us live among such ungrateful, negative people that we soon turn grumpy and sour ourselves. We've got some of those people that I'm, you know, we've all had to work with at some point in time that just for some reason they, they're just sour, just sour people. The Bible says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. And see, the time that we spend with negative, ungrateful people will influence us whether we want it to or not. As much as we don't think it does, it will, and it has. Some have picked up a bad habit of complaining years ago in their homes, and now it's in their nature. It's just who they are, unfortunately. Some do it so regularly they don't even recognize it's a problem. Some of us even come to church and complain. I hope they don't sing too many songs today. It's too cold in here. Would you look at that? Someone's sitting in my chair. Can you believe it? The preacher's preaching too long again and we'll never get out of here and I'm starving. Ready for lunch. You know, people say all that and don't even know they're complaining. Sometimes we just say that stuff, just, we just say it. We don't really think of it as complaining, we just say it. It's a bad habit, unfortunately. It is. Number four, we are ungrateful people because of circumstances. You know, it's hard to rejoice and be thankful when the bills are piling up and the comp- maybe your company is considering layoffs. And often, the reason behind our ingratitude is bad circumstances. Remember when Moses took the Israelites into the desert and they became entrapped by the, the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army in heavy pursuit of them? They complained, didn't they? We read that in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10 through 11. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? The Israelites' first reaction to their tough circumstance was to grumble and to complain. But whatever the case, I went too far there, Uh, maybe today it's hard for you to be thankful because you're trapped by a, a situation in your life that's really tough. You're just having a hard time getting through it. And I don't know what specific reasons cause any of us to be ungrateful. It could be a combination of the things that we've talked about. It could be a combination of just about anything whether it's pride or prosperity, habit, or circumstances. Whatever the case, I think we all wish we could learn to be more thankful and to develop a spirit of giving thanks in our lives. So, here are four steps to having an attitude of gratitude. Number one, remember how much gratitude pleases God. Gratitude makes God happy. Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 through 14 says, It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the, the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, 
that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. God's presence came into the temple in response to the thanksgiving that was coming out of it. God loved to hear the praise from the temple, and so he drew near. It appears that giving thanks and praise are the key to manifest to Manifesting the presence of God that pleases Him. I couldn't imagine being in the temple at that time. Do you imagine me up here trying to preach and you can't preach because the presence of God's right there? I mean, it's got to be an awesome feeling, but to be able to imagine that? Yeah, I thought about that when I was reading that the other day. I just that's 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 just amazing. God's presence right there. Number two, avoid complaining. Complaining and grumbling, come to no surprise, are the biggest barriers to gratitude. And we need to learn to catch ourselves when we complain, and we need to stop it right there, right away. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1 says of the Israelites, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. We need to avoid complaining because God hates it and it ruins our spiritual lives. In Psalms chapter 77 verse 3 says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 verse 14, Do all things without murmurings and disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and per- perverse nation among who, whom ye shine as lights in the world. Number three, make a personal choice to rejoice. It may be difficult to be thankful at certain times. We, we need to make a personal decision that we're going to be grateful people even when we don't feel like it or when it is hard to. The Apostle Paul wrote these words from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You notice that Paul says rejoice twice. Paul made a personal choice to be grateful despite his circumstances. He decided that even though he was in a prison, it didn't matter. He was going to praise and thank God anyway, and it transformed his perception, perspective. Sorry. Gratitude is a choice. We have to make a conscious decision that we are going to be grateful despite the circumstances in our life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I read a, uh, a story online. It actually comes from a book that's been around at least since I was a teenager, maybe younger. Uh, it's called Chicken Soup for the Soul. By Francie Swartz. It tells about a guy named Jerry who was always in a good mood and always had something positive to say. And when asked how he was doing, he would always say, If I was any better, I'd be twins. Jerry was a restaurant manager who everybody loved to work for because he was so positive. And Francie asked one day, She said, I don't get it, Jerry. You can't possibly be upbeat all the time. How do you do it? Jerry replied, each morning I wake up and say to myself, Jerry, you've got two choices today. You can either choose to be in a bad mood, choose to be in a good mood, and I choose to be in a good mood. Oh, it's not that easy, uh, Swartz protested. 
Yes, it is, Jerry responded. Life is all about choices. Several years ago, Jerry's restaurant was robbed. The thieves panicked and shot him, and he was rushed to the emergency room. He spent 18 hours on the operating table and several weeks in intensive care, but he survived. And later on, Francie asked him how he did it. He said, when I was laying on the floor, I remembered I had two choices. I could choose to live or I could choose to die. I chose to live. The paramedics were encouraging, but when they wheeled me into, that, into the emergency room and I saw the looks on the faces of the doctors and nurses, I got really scared because in their eyes, I read he's a dead man and I knew I needed to take action. And there was a big burly nurse shouting out questions at me and, and she asked, are you allergic to anything? Yes, I replied. And the doctors and nurses stopped working as they waited for my reply. Bullets, I answered. And over the la their laughter, I yelled, I'm choosing to live, operate on me as I'm alive, not dead. And Jerry lived thanks to the skill of the doctors, to his attitude, and to the grace of God. And Francis Schwartz says, I saw Jerry six months after the accident and asked him how he was doing. And he replied, if I was any better, I'd be twins. You know, and much of life is determined not by circumstances. By those circumstances... Jerry should have died. But he made a personal choice that day that he was going to live. And so, our life doesn't have much to do with circumstances as it does our personal choice. It doesn't matter how you choose to live, or it matters how you choose to live. And, as, and so I challenge you to begin to make a personal choice and decide that you're going to rejoice in the Lord no matter what. It comes down to your choice, not your circumstances. Not what's happened to you, but how you choose to deal with it. Number four, develop the daily di discipline of giving thanks. In order to be, a thankful, to be thankful people, we need to start to give thanks every day. We need to discipline ourselves to find something each day that we should be thankful for to God. I'm not going to read the whole chapter or, or I'm just in Daniel six. We read that Daniel got down on his knees three times every day and prayed and gave thanks to God. And how many of us do that? How many of us get down on our knees and give thanks to God more than once a day? We often think that we're good if we can give thanks at least once at least once a day. So I want to challenge you to begin a regular routine of finding something every day to give thanks for. No matter how small your blessing is, you learn to search out the positive in the midst of the negative and give thanks for what you do have. I got one more story before we close. It's not as long as the last one. It's of two old friends who meet on the street one day. One of them looks sad, almost on the verge of tears. His friend asks, what has the world done to you, my friend? The sad fellow said, Well, three weeks ago an uncle died and left me $40,000. That's a lot of money. Yes, but two weeks ago a cousin I never knew died and left me $85,000 free and clear. Sounds like you've been blessed. You don't understand. Last week my great aunt passed away. I inherited almost $250,000. Then why do you look so sad? This week... Nothing. I got nothing this week. 
Is that how we look at things a lot of the times? We get blessed, we get blessed, we get blessed, and then we don't get blessed, or what we perceive to not be a blessing, and we mumble and grumble about it. We don't give thanks for the things that he has done back here. So often we forget these things. Is that the way we live before a gracious and loving God who gave himself for us? Do we forget to give thanks? Are we negative and grumble and mumble about things? I know I have. Unfortunately. Um, but what I've learned through this is if you've got something to grumble and mumble and complain about, you've got a blessing in disguise. Because it's all in how you look at the circumstance and the attitude that you give towards it, not the circumstance itself. You've got to flip that and turn something out of it. You've got to flip it and rejoice in it and not sit and grumble and mumble about it.